0: All right, welcome to the podcast. Brent Hayden, how you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing good, Brett. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm
0: doing well, man. Thanks for taking the time to, to chat.
1: Oh, man, my pleasure.
0: So, I mean, just straight off the bat, what is going on in your life, man? You're <laughs> back at it, hey? Another Olympic campaign.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I, I did not think that this was ever going to happen. Um, but you know, here here we are. You know, been been back training again uh, since September. Um, yeah, I mean, it it feels really good to be back. I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, you look super fit. Uh, all the videos I've seen coming out and some of the social media, you look you look like you're in great shape. The the best shape I've ever seen you, to be honest. Um, how old are you right now? <laughs> I'm 36. 36. So yeah. so, what was going on in your life uh, in retirement? What were you doing?
1: Um. I mean I was exploring uh you know other areas of my life that uh that interested me um you know I'm still really passionate about my uh, my photography you know I was got pretty successful with that had a number of art shows even had a even had a show down in the down in the U.S. Mm. which was uh which was really exciting I even had my work featured um by Hasselblad uh last year so it's so that's really um I think that's kind of like the one thing that I was kind of was, you know, the non-swimmer uh, side of me was I was always just sort of passionate about that. And just, you know, after I retired, it kind of gave me the opportunity to, to explore that even more and to kind of like um, sort of rediscover or kind of pursue this other identity um, that I had. But then you know, also got into entrepreneurship as well. Uh, my wife and I, would launched um, our clothing line, Astra Athletica.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, yeah, and uh, you know, a bunch of, bunch of other projects you know i spent some time uh living on and off in the middle east uh, as well well maybe not necessarily i call it living more like extended stays you know i've been to, you know spent a lot of time in egypt um been back and forth to uh, to lebanon um a lot which is where my wife is originally from you mm-hmm. know she grew up there during the war uh in beirut during the 80s and uh yeah into the early 90s but um yeah you know it's like last uh it was last summer though that we were back in Lebanon and we, there was this amazing pool called at the Jaita country club. Mm-hmm. And it was about like maybe a five to 10 minute drive away. So I just, you know, like I, I'll be honest, I didn't swim at all during these seven, these seven years that I was retired, like maybe like less than the number of fingers that I have. If, wow. uh, if, um, unless it was for like a clinic. Um, you know, like, running like, you know, my bright swim camps or, or something. Mm. Um, you know, I just, I just didn't want to get in the water. Cause when I, I'll, I'll be honest, like when I left in 2012, that was like a really bad year for me. I was kind of teetering on the edge of uh, depression with everything that was just seeming like going, going wrong in my life. And I just didn't, I fell out of love with swimming. So when I got that medal, it was kind of like, I kind of like, ex- like that was like the blessing that I was, that I could have hoped for. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I, I just, I, I couldn't see me continuing to have success with the way my life was going and just the, the way my mind was, was in, but you know, when you have that pool like that situated like a 50 meter Olympic size pool, like situated up on the top of a hill, looking down the Valley towards the Mediterranean, like, you know what, that's the kind of pool that uh, that could get me back on the water. So I reached out to them. Uh, they gave me this awesome, like give me like a, a free membership to the country club. And I just started going there and just swimming uh, as often as I could. And, one I just kind of started falling like I started remembering like all the things that I actually loved um about swimming but then I was also surprised at how good I actually felt in the water and how uh, how powerful I was um and so that sort of started making me uh you know consider it considering uh coming out of retirement you know I, I was sending you videos of,
2: <laughs> of yeah. my
1: racing from from Lebanon <laughs> or my, yeah. my, my little sprints I was I was doing and getting your feedback so you know you played a big um, a big part in giving me the confidence uh, to come back
0: well i appreciate you saying that i mean you're you've always been a super talented athlete there's no doubt about that and we had many great battles ourselves racing against each other at commonwealth games and some olympics things like that but uh i've always been a fan of yours i've always felt like um you're you're, you're one of those guys who you know canada the canadian swimming is is not a superpower they they've always supported their athletes very well I'm not going to take that away from them but I've always seen you as kind of the guy who's kind of standing alone out there for Canada you know you haven't had a lot of uh really great teammates around you so um so I've always just admired you for that just that that guy who's been able to you know conquer the world and and kind of just been doing it his way you know
1: Hey, I well, thank you? You. That, um, appreciate that. That really means a lot. No, I'm still here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Sorry. The, uh, the internet here is not, is not so great. Sometimes, uh, did you know I'm training in Lahaina right now for, uh, for for a training camp. So sometimes the internet uh, comes and goes.
0: Where is that at?
1: Yeah, it's in, uh, the island of Maui. Oh, okay. so on the north end of the island they got a an amazing 50 meter pool here it's one of the, what it's one of those things that you know when I, was, I remember the things that i missed about swimming it was like going away to this uh, this maui training camp that we did every single year and specifically swimming in uh, in this pool so right now i'm living getting the opportunity to live again uh the, one of those things that i loved about it
0: yeah okay so take us back to 2012 was that that's when you kind of got the the bronze medal in the 100 freestyle right
1: yeah man uh where do you want to start
0: well you know Uh, um, you you know in in the lead up to that what was going on in your life Uh, there was obviously some some complications and some struggles some challenges um talk to us in the lead up to that 2012 games
1: yeah i guess i'll start with what was going on in the pool Um, you know, it, I guess it kind of goes back to even the, uh, the Beijing Olympic trials it was the first time that actually really happened. Uh, when I, I started suffering from chronic back spasms and actually at, at the Beijing trials, I had, I had just made the team in the hundred meter freestyle. I did my warm down and then I suffered the, uh, this back spasm and I had to spend the night in the, in the hospital and they couldn't even take an x-ray of my back because I was so contorted. Um, they, they couldn't straighten me out to get a clear image of my spine. Mm. Um, and then I ended up not, not getting a chance to, uh, to swim the 50 free uh, the next day. Um, and just ever since then, these back spasms had just sort of um, plagued my training. I, I wasn't able to put in a, a good solid block um, in at any given time.
2: Mm.
1: And just 2012, it, it was just like, it was just becoming like, even worse. Like it was like every two weeks I would have another spasm. Then I'd be out of the water for two to three days sometimes. Or even if I was able to get into the water, I was basically like, you know, doing the equivalent of just um, tiptoeing around trying to avoid uh, doing something that would cause my, uh, cause my back to spasm. Mm. Um, Like I didn't do any lower body training at all. So if you actually look back at the, any photos of me, you can see like my lower body is really unbalanced uh, from my upper body like always kind of had bigger arms but my legs were absolutely tiny because i was on orders to not do any kind of weight training on my legs just in case that was going to um, trigger another back spasm yeah um so that was that was the big thing and then you know two weeks before london when we were at staging camp in italy i had another one of those really big ones and I couldn't walk for four days and so I actually thought that I might not even get a chance to even uh, race in London uh, at all. Wow. And yeah and so I actually me and my coach actually um, uh, I I guess the polite way way we'll say it is we had a discussion (laughs) it was basically me venting and getting all my frustration out and uh, you know uh, scaring my teammates that were on the pool deck but you know, I, I had a lot of anger that had been um, building up inside of me. And so it was one day I just kind of, um, kind of just let it out because I was actually seriously thinking that maybe I should just quit before the games actually started because I just couldn't stand the thought of getting up on the blocks and um, and basically failing at what would be my third Olympics in a row that I, I've been unsuccessful at. And I thought maybe it'd just be easier to just quit and uh, mm. and just, just walk away uh, earlier and, you know, I felt I had a pretty good excuse that I could you know use yeah. for that, yeah. um but you know my my coach was um he made me realize how unacceptable that thought process was, and I was like, you know what no, let's get you back into the game, let's just figure out a way to get through it and it's funny that one after I released all like released all that um I guess tension that I'd been building up, uh, my back actually started to get better, so I think that so. I think there's a lot of value in being able to um to talk um you know when you feel like you your boss starting to bottle uh things up um yeah. just being able to get someone to talk about it is like it's one way that you can kind of unload that and be able to move forward mm. uh, but then outside of the pool um you know it's just uh there are a lot of there there are some people some really important people in my life that were just um they just became incredibly toxic and it's like the people that you would you would hope would be there um, to support you be, basically became um, the complete opposite, right They became like you know the well, what would you say it's, instead of the cure, they became the, the symptom
2: mm. Wow I guess
1: um, like yeah. a, a lot of um, a lot of sleepless nights, um, a lot of like late nights on on the phone, um, you know yelling and crying and. And and uh, and stuff, and it's just like you know, I like I just after London, I was just ready to just let that all just go behind me. Um, you know, the stuff that was going on in the pool, the stuff that was going outside of the pool, and just kind of start life new, I guess, and just uh, just try to find something else that um, that I could kind of like uh, attach to, or something else that I could love, and just rediscover myself again. Yeah. But but over the years, it just I don't know. It was just I. I started to realize that I. I didn't like the way that that I left it. Although I. I know that if I had tried to continue with none of those things being solved, that I probably still would have ended up um, retiring at some point, anyways. Because I. I just don't think I. I would have been able to continue successfully at the, at the level that I would be. Um, you know that I would find acceptable.
0: Yeah, for sure. With all that going on, how did you end up with the bronze medal in the end?
1: <laughs> uh i how, how do how do i say it it's it's confusing sometimes it's you know when i think long and hard it's one answer then i think of it another way and i got another answer for it yeah i, I think i think ultimately um you know my my past failures especially uh, you know um like athens was just a huge big learning experience so i'd say more particularly my uh my failure in beijing to uh, not just not get mm-hmm. a medal but just you know going from world champion to not even being in the final. Um, Mm. I remember sitting in the stands in Beijing and um, funny, you know, with, you know, the death of Kobe um, recently, this is somewhat relevant. Um, I was sitting in the stands directly uh, behind Kobe and LeBron and, uh, and Jason Kidd, like my knee was in their back like I was literally the seat directly behind them Mm. but I was so angry when I was sitting there watching the 100 meter freestyle final get swum and I just I swore I'd never have to watch that final from the stands again yeah so I think that sort of um, drive that I had um, you know from that moment like I just I just never really wanted to um, to experience that again and And then just going through what my back went through and just everything else, you know, like I swam the semifinal race thinking like there's a good chance that this could be my last. And I didn't have that mindset going into Beijing. I think ultimately that's what, um, that's the reason why I didn't get it. Because I was like, you know, I, I kind of already assumed I was going to make the final. So this time I went out there thinking like, this could be my last 100 meter freestyle. Not just in the Olympics though, this could be my last 100 meter freestyle ever. So I, no matter how I was feeling, I just, I had to swim that race with like, it was my last. And then, you know, I got the chance, barely snuck into the final and I was like, you know what, um, in Beijing, I had everything going for me and I, and I wasn't able to succeed there. Uh, Beijing or sorry, in London, I feel like I got everything going against me, but this is when I'm going to have my moments.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. I just, I just told myself, um, that, and like, I guess you said the challenges that I was going to have to overcome was just going to make whatever happens more valuable
0: yeah amazing now did you swim faster in the final to get the medal than you did in the semifinal to qualify
1: yeah yeah i did
0: so how'd you pull that off
1: that's funny i always seem to do that (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) awesome that's how you get on the podium man like i i thought that was pretty i used to think that was pretty normal that everybody always just kind of stepped up for the final but it you know, looking back, it seems um, that not everybody is able, um, is able to do that. I, I, I think for me, it's like I don't try any less in the semifinal with that exception of, um, of Beijing. It's just after I do the, the semifinal and I knew I gave it everything I had, like, I really analyze um, key points in my race and think, like, okay, well, where could I actually still find more speed? Like, could I do something a little different on my dive? Could I get a little tighter in my streamline, underwater kick? Like, did I breathe off the first stroke? I, like, should I go for two? Could I even go for three strokes before I take my first breath off the wall? Mm. Um, you know, just things like that, right? So even when you have a race that seems somewhat perfect, like you're just trying to think like, well, I'm not going to be fitter tomorrow, so... <laughs> What could I do to actually make sure that I can still get faster? And yeah, I think analyzing the race and finding those small details is, uh, is where I got really good at it.
0: Can you feel the difference? I'm interested in this. Um, can you feel the difference between a, a 10, three first 25 of your hundred, as opposed to let's say a a 10, six.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, three tenths
0: it's, it's drastic, right. In in the terms of the way it feels, right
1: yeah no I I can totally feel the difference um like when you when you've been around for that long and uh you know especially like you know you, you get used to sort of predicting your times and training you know before your coach could even even tells you what it was you just, you just kind of developed um like a like a sixth sense um for how fast you're going and I know like um in that semifinal in London like my dive was not very good mm. um and you know, I made I made the adjustment for the final, and you know, as soon as I got up on my first two or three strokes, like I knew I had, you know, hit a really good start, and I knew I was um, right where I wanted to be, even though I couldn't see where any of the other swimmers, because you know, I was in lane seven, um, right, and you know, I didn't realize that Caesar was way on the other side of the pool, going out just as fast as uh, as I was. Mm. So, I just had to not rely on where I sort of saw myself in um as a position i just i was like you know what i feel really fast and i'm just i'm just going to keep going i'm just going to kind of swim my race although i I guess you could say i I kind of mentally projected other swimmers ahead of me so i was like almost like chasing them in my head
0: yeah yeah so you don't you don't look around when you swim are you trying to stay focused internally or are you kind of aware of what's going on around you
1: I mean, every once in a while, like, like on the way back, I kind of caught a glimpse of some arms, um, you know, during one of my breaths, but I'm not actively trying to look around because as soon as you actively look around, like you're slowing down because you probably took your head out of your perfect uh, hydrodynamic uh, position or you didn't get your head back to center, you know, as quickly as, as you should have. So I find, you know, when you're trying to, trying to gauge the field, you know, you're the compromise for that is that you've actually had to slow down in order to do it. So mm. if I, if I want to win, I'm just, I'm not going to pay attention to, uh, to where everybody is.
0: Interesting. So you, you take seven years off and you come back and now you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you're racing against the, the best swimmers in your country to qualify for the Olympics. And then, and then obviously the best swimmers in the world once you get to the Olympics. So what's your best time right now that you've ever swum? Well, I haven't raced yet. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, in terms of like your best in your career, what's the best you've ever swum? Well,
1: let's see. I mean, I mean, when we had the you know you and I, we were we were racing during the, the full body uh, tech suit uh, day. So my best times still uh, still stand from them. You know, okay. um, you know, 47, 27 I did in uh, in Rome. Mm-hmm. You know, wearing the um, the speedo um, uh, speedo Leasing. suit then. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then what yeah, about just with the the regular? Um, you know what are they called?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was the time I actually did in London. The forty-seven. I have to look it up. It was rather forty-seven, like eighty-four, forty-seven, eighty-five. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah.
0: So but how I, do you how do you get faster now? How do you you've <laughs> got you got six months to swim faster than you've ever swum? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm swimming. I'm posting f- the fastest training times I've ever posted in my life right now. Like, wow. uh, or, yeah, like was it two days ago. Um, we did, uh, I did my first effort 100 ever, like in practice mm. uh, from a dive and uh, you know, I did it in a 50.5 wow. and prior to that, my best time in training was at staging camp before the Barcelona World Champs, uh, this is Barcelona 2003, mm. okay, so we're going back really far and that was in a full body tech suit that that I went to 50.8 um, and so Um, And I'm not even, I'm not necessarily training for, uh, for the hundred. Like I do, I do a lot of fifties and a lot of fast 25s. Um, But I guess I, you know, that conditioning is coming, uh, coming back around. So I was able to pull out a 50.5, you know, I dove a 19.7 for a 50 yard um, the other day as well. And I'd never been under 20 um, in training before. So like I, I actually think a lot of it comes from the seven years that I was retired because like I said, I wasn't swimming, but I was still doing a lot of things to to stay in shape. Um, I found I really like lifting weights. So I was, you know, I was in the gym, you know, minimum three times a week. I would shoot for four, sometimes some weeks, even five days a week, just trying to basically just bulk up. Mm. So, I'm, so I'm naturally, uh, I'm carrying a lot more muscle than I did um, back then right? Because before my normal training was about one ninety, and I'm at 200 pounds now, which my max over those seven years, I think I got up to 215. But Mm -hmm. I think homeostasis, my body does not like being that heavy. And you know, a couple of weeks off of training, I quickly lost that weight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. So what is your weekly schedule look like right now?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely different than I was doing before. Um, you know, I, I don't really do any doubles. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, so doing a lot of singles and then plus the weights uh, as well. Uh, I've done a couple doubles here in um, in Maui, but the meters when I do those are quite short, like usually about 32 to 3,500 meters. Um, but back home, like a big part of it too is like, because, you know, I, I moved further, out, further away uh, during the seven years. I moved out to New Westminster. Mm -hmm. So that's added a lot more driving time. So I'm spending a lot of time in the car and driving. So trying to get to practice swim and then drive it back home. And then it's, it's really difficult to get back in the car and drive over an hour again to get back, uh, get back to the pool. So yeah, it's like some, some days I'm early in the morning, some days I'm midday, some days I'm late in the afternoon and then waits twice, uh, twice a week. So I think at this age, recovery is a lot more important because obviously the body takes a lot longer to recover, you know, when you're 36 versus, you know, 22.
0: Have you noticed that? Have you, do you feel that yourself?
1: Oh, totally. Um, like I, I feel like when, um, when I hit the, you know, sprinting like really hard, like I have a greater power output but then it takes a lot longer for me to come back around and then go again. So before when I used to do 25s on thirties, even like 45s, like um, I'm more suited now to do them on 60 second pace times or even like a minute 15. Mm. And then uh, just making sure that, you know, I'm really resting um, between um, between my sessions. So not having those doubles um, really, really uh, helps. Then also just being really on top of my, uh, my diet, even more so. Uh, than before because I feel like before you could kind of get away with just sort of as long as you got your calories in with you know some gauge of your proteins and that like like you almost have to be um I don't want to say surgical because like I, I don't really like counting my calories although I'll check in every now and then but like everything that I eat is um is with a purpose now sometimes I don't even like what I'm eating I'm just eating it just because I know it's what my body needs
0: so how did you start to understand food did you do you- research yourself or was it talking to nutritionists or um what 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 was that process for you
1: honestly it was from uh it was from weight training right um you know just reading up uh as much as i can on like how to bulk up because i like i really just wanted to i just wanted to get ripped that's all that's all i really wanted to do like that was my goal my olympic my olympic goals were over so what goals do i have um you know i wanted to hit you know um you know personal best on on bench press and stuff so i was thinking like okay well what kind of food do i need to eat to get get stronger so i really started uh you know learning about you know my micros and my macros and uh, and then sort of the relationship with um with my calories uh as well and then also just sort of trial and error figure out like exactly what type of diet actually uh works for my body type right like there's not every there's no one size fits all for um You know, you read you read like somebody's diet or a meal plan on the internet, and you automatically think like, "Oh, that's going to work for me." Like, it's it's uh, it's not necessarily like that. Like, you're going to have to make some tweaks and uh, and adjustments to fit your uh, your body. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I I feel like I learned a lot more um, about my diet uh, after I retired than than while I was uh, swimming. And honestly, one of one of the great things um, you know about that is like, you know, you can access any. Kind of um, articles right on your phone, right? yeah. whereas before the you know you kind of had to rely on having an expert come and actually uh, talk to you. You know, we never really had that many uh, opportunities you know, before.
0: Yeah. So tell us specifically what are some of the things that you're eating on a daily basis, and how do you incorporate that into your daily routine?
1: Yeah, like um, I eat a lot less meat now. Um, because I think before it's like it's just ingrained in us that meat is like it's the best source of protein. It's the easiest source of protein. So like you're trying to figure out like some kind of like animal protein at like every single meal, mm. right? Like eggs at breakfast, chicken at lunch, beef at dinner, kind of kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got to the point where almost like like I'll have full days where I don't eat any meat um, at all, because uh, like you know just realizing how much more variety there is out there with you know lentils and chickpeas and uh you know beans um you know there's which one thing it's like i, th- I think there's a lot of value in having more for, more of a variety of their sources of proteins rather than just sticking to just the the animal one yeah and it's it's definitely gone interesting and one one of the one of the funny things is uh my wife and I, you know, because before I actually came out of retirement, we actually thought that we were going to be like spending most of our time in Lebanon. Like we were over there, kind of exploring opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. That's before like all the the protests uh, over there started happening. So we actually rented our home out, and we're like, you well, know, we'll just go live at, you know, your mom's because uh, she lived, uh, she lives just up the street from our place. And uh, you know, when we're here, we'll just stay at your mom's, and we'll go back to Lebanon. So we're obviously not doing the, uh, the overseas living thing because I decided to come out of retirement after we made that decision. So I'm living at her mom's and you know, she's Lebanese. So I'm eating a lot of, uh, Mediterranean food, Mm. right? She makes amazing food. So it's like, I got this like almost like a personal chef, uh, at home. Now I know when she hears this, she's going, she's going to (laughs) laugh.
0: Yeah, she's gonna end it. <laughs> yeah, it's like no more. No, she well, that's loves it. Cool. Like, that's yeah, awesome. she loves it. Yeah, oh, that's really good. So, so it just sounds like you took a really healthy approach. And now, do you plan ahead each day, or like, do you know what you want to eat every day? Is there is there a plan, or is it just going off I how, how you feel?
1: it's a little bit of both like I kind of have an idea um in my head but I I wouldn't necessarily call it like a plan like I I don't actually like write them out on paper and I hate meal prepping because I like I don't I don't like leftover food and I feel like meal prepping is basically just planning leftover food um so so that's just me although I probably should do it a a little bit more um but a a lot of times like um you know, her mom will just ask me like, you know, what what do I want to eat? Because like, when I get home from training, like I get home after six o'clock because it's right in rush hour. So by the time you get home, like, I have no energy to actually make food. So she'll just, she, you know, she'll do the the Lebanese mom thing and she'll just put out, like a full spread. It's like, okay, well, I just made all this food here, so yeah. whatever you want to eat, uh, just eat it. It's it's always super healthy. So yeah. sometimes I sometimes I kind of get um, I kind of get surprised, but I I guess I kind of have my breakfast and my lunch is like pretty pretty dialed in because they're always kind of the same like like I'm a big fan of doing uh, tempeh wraps in the morning with, mm-hmm. um, with like tons of spinach and onions and you know cherry tomatoes grape tomatoes things like things like that and like a whole wheat wrap
2: yeah
0: um, awesome great yeah it's it's so powerful the the ability to use food and use it for energy and and, um, and especially at our age as we're getting older we need every little little advantage we can get, you know, and you see a lot of younger kids, they're just putting whatever they can see or whatever they can grab into their bodies. And it's just not the best, um, situation for them to perform on a daily basis. Right. Oh yeah. I can't even tell you how many times
1: I still see, um, you know, like, you
0: know, more experienced numbers with like
1: a baggie of goldfish crackers. <laughs> like, like there's nothing in that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So what have you learned in the seven years off where maybe you if you if you knew that back then when you were swimming earlier, you, you may have had better results? What, what what, would you tell your younger self now that you know now?
1: Oh, man. Um, you know, I've, I've, I have thought of this. And honestly, I, I wouldn't want to change anything um, in the past because I feel like those failures that I that I experienced were necessary for uh, for my growth as a person. I feel like if I, if I took those away, then I've, I've lost out on something valuable that's going to help me for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, I, I like it, it's, I do kind of wish that I had succeeded in Beijing though. I, I, I do kind of have that. And so it, it's, it's tough for me to tell myself that I wouldn't want to go back and, uh, and change it. But, um, if I have anything that I want to tell other swimmers, it's, you know, just, you have to appreciate every single opportunity that you actually have to get up on the blocks and race, right? Like, get up. Like when you're staying on the blocks, like you have to feel gratitude. Yeah. Right? Cause like these opportunities, one day they're going to end mm. and you're going to, you're going to wish you had appreciated it a little bit more. And I find that when you, when you race with gratitude, I think it actually is, um, raises your game.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. What, what kind of competitor are you? Are you? You seem to be the way it comes across is is very internal, very um, thoughtful. Uh, but you hold your emotions pretty close to your chest. Would that be correct?
1: Yeah, I, I, I've I've heard other people say that. Um, I've well, actually heard a uh, few people have used the word Zen-like. Yeah. Before, because like I'm not the kind of guy that's going to. Like you know, yell and huff and puff in the ready room, or like slap myself and jump up around like um I just kind of get into my headspace and i just I just take deep breaths and you know I just I just let the nerve sort of come come and go in the in the waves you know I, I let the butterflies jump around and and uh and all that all that stuff, I know as long as I'm feeling that then i, I I don't need to do any of that other stuff. Yeah, Um, but yeah, it's just, oh, it's. I guess that's just the way I, I, you know, I found that that sort of just, uh, just works for me. And you know, and if I can, uh, you know, I might even crack a joke or two with some of the other swimmers. Yeah, yeah, just Um, just to relax. Well, it's one thing Nathan Adrian said uh, to me. We We were chatting on Messenger one time and he said he misses having me in the ready room because these younger guys are just way too serious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody's slapping themselves. just yeah. like, they're
1: just looking so intense, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, I just, I just really wanted to, I guess I just wanted to just enjoy the process. Yeah. You know, and, um, I can appreciate other people's, uh, successes when, when they have it, as long as I'm able to do the race that I can, then I don't have to feel disappointed that somebody else just did better. I actually feel, uh, feel good for them.
0: Who were some of the people you felt like maybe one or two, you know, people that you really looked at as people that pushed you and challenged you and raised your game anytime that you were competing against them. Um, Who's someone that you really enjoyed competing against?
1: Oh, Nathan would be one for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously, uh, you know, I really enjoyed racing against you. Um, And uh, Roland Schoeman is uh, another guy. Uh, you know, Roland actually gave me a lot of, um, a lot of help, um, especially with my starts. Like we actually flew him to Vancouver and he, um, he was actually taught me all his, uh, secrets for, uh, for a week or two. Mm. So that, so that was really cool to, uh, to kind of get that, uh, to get that from him. Um, you know, and then of course, you know, Filippo, uh, Magnini, you know, we, we yeah. kind of had this, uh, thing happen in 07 where we tied and we kind of got, uh, I guess we kind of got like sort of locked in this sort of like any anytime that one of our names mentioned it, like the other name also has to be mentioned as well as like, you know, cause we're the co-world champion. So that was always, uh, that was always kind of um, kind of cool. But I yeah. gotta say like when I, when I first made onto the the national team, like I remember going to Commonwealth games in Manchester mm. and I'm sitting there in the ready room and you know, I'm sitting next to Thorpe. Yeah. I was like, like, I remember watching uh, watching him race at the Sydney Olympics. And when Sydney was on, I never actually thought I was ever going to be an Olympian. Like, I was still in summer club swimming. Wow. Right? So, still in for, like, two years later to be um... – All right, sorry. I would actually just come out of summer club. So, I had just started swimming uh, swimming year-round. So, then to be only two years later sitting in the ready room, like, next to Ian Thorpe, like, that was just, like, the coolest thing ever.
0: Yeah yeah he was uh he was an intimidating guy for just how good he was right like he was so oh, yeah. dominant and so big and just i didn't uh, mention
1: he just looked so mean in that in that full body black suit like he was just he was just intimidating but but yeah. he was such a he was such a nice guy too like before the later that summer you know we had the pan packs in uh in yokohama and before the hundred meter freestyle like we were i was sitting again i was sitting next to him and we were quoting lines from zoolander oh really <laughs> like, and, and just uh and just laughing and having a having a good time right before that race so
0: yeah that's that's awesome yeah he was a he was a fierce competitor i'll tell you that i saw him do some things in practice but then when he stood up behind the blocks you were just like oh i would not want to be racing him right now no. he he uh he loved to he loved to compete loved to win yeah um, yeah but anyway so well, that's cool so so how was the 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 feeling and the reception with you know maybe your coaches and your teammates and maybe even the federation when you announced that you wanted to come back and swim again
1: uh it was surprising i'll be honest um because like i would had this the conversation um in my head many times before i finally wrote um wrote that email um, like, you know, what, asking, you know, what do you guys, uh, think, would you, would you support me? Like, I, I was expecting some pushback or some, you know, uh, some uncertainty, mm. so like, you know, right. You know, you're going to, you're 35, you're going to be turning 36, you know, like right after you start, um, you know, you've been out of the water for seven years. Like not only was I retired, like I just wasn't swimming at all. Um, but you know, like there's so many reasons they could have said, um, that they didn't want to support me in this yeah and but when I got the first emails back like everybody was super excited so like, I was actually like kind of kind of blown away that I had all these you know negative conversations that I had perceived happening like didn't happen at all and like, mm-hmm. you know they they supported me right away uh, you know Tom wanted to coach me again um, so I in Canada you know, they wanted to uh, support me by giving me a spot in the high performance center in Vancouver, so I could actually train with my old coach again and have uh, access to a lot of the resources and be training with the team again. Um, cool. Yeah, and you know, and they've they've supported uh, me as well, like you know, making sure that I can you know get to training camps like this one that I'm at right now in uh, in La Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been. Um. I'm, I, you know I I talk about gratitude um, and I feel like that word probably isn't um, isn't enough but I'm just I'm just feeling so much gratitude for the people that actually believed and wanted to support me um, in this
0: yeah awesome Uh, who's the who's the person of the new age uh, swimming you know group that you're looking forward to racing the most that maybe you've never raced before
1: oh Dressel (laughs) yeah, <laughs> for for sure. Um, you, you want a
0: piece of Dressel straight away, huh? <laughs> well, All no,
1: right. I, I I wouldn't say I want a, I want a piece of him. I mean, the guy is like the guy is absolutely amazing. It's just I would just love the chance to just get off the blocks and just uh, and just race him. And you know, yeah. what whatever happens, like you know, it it would just be um, it would just be kind of just a cool opportunity because you know I I got to race Phelps, and just like it'd be kind of like I'll put it this way: I race Thorpe. Then I raced Phelps and it'd be kind of cool to say like, you know, I I raced, you know, the next generation, uh, great, you know, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, which is Dressel to be able to say that I've raced all three of those guys. I don't think there's a lot of swimmers out there. That'll be able to say that they've ever
0: done that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. it's a big deal, man, coming back. But like I said, everything I've seen so far on video tells me that you could, you could be a player just as as much as anybody else. Um, Well, thanks.
1: Actually, I'll tell you one funny little thing about Dressel. Because uh, I, 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 I attended the, the Mel Zajac uh, swim meet last year. And so they actually asked me to present awards for the 50 free. So I got to present uh, the trophy to Dressel right after he broke my 50 free uh, meet record.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: So I don't know. Let's see if I can get that meet record back. <laughs> uh, it, was pretty, it was pretty fast though. So we'll um, yeah. see what happens.
0: So you think you can make the, the Olympic team for Canada?
1: Well, if, uh, if the fact that I'm training faster than I'd ever gone before is any indication, um, I'm feeling pretty confident uh, about the, about making the team. And I think uh, every week that goes by, I'm feeling even more confident about what I could actually see uh, myself uh, doing in terms of performance at the Olympic Games as, as well. So like, I, I'm kind of at the point now where I, I don't want to just show up and you know swim like i actually want i actually feel like i can get to the games and actually compete again
0: oh wow i love that I love that approach
1: i mean uh look, look what anthony Irvin did and you know and uh derek torres uh even even before him like it's it's being done and it's it's funny like in some ways as i've gotten older like i i feel stronger mm. uh, as well so like i feel like in like we see it more in other sports but i feel like in swimming we don't yet really understand um how the athlete's body adapts um as it ages because like you know i grew up thinking like you heard this all the time like oh you know swimmers peak at the age of you know 22 23 kind of kind of thing like i in some ways like i feel like i'm peaking now yeah like, it, it, like i feel like i'm able to develop power um in a way that i wasn't able to uh to do when i was younger um, although I feel like, you know, obviously conditioning is a little different, like where, you know, I need more rest on those pace times more than I did, I did before, but in terms of top end speed, man, like I'm feeling so good.
0: Awesome. Wow. That, that's great, man. And then just to have another player in there as well, I think a lot of people are talking about certain people and, and, uh, you know, it's, it seems, I don't know if they're overlooking you, They they probably haven't even considered you yet. Cause you haven't started racing again, yeah. but, um, me knowing you and and your and your the people that used to race against, I'm sure they they think you're a contender. So that's pretty pretty cool, man. That you're just going to oh, throw your you hat too. in the ring, you know? Um, yeah, thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what were your thoughts on the whole ISL uh, this year?
1: Oh, that looks fun. Yeah, you know, that that looks exciting. Uh, I mean, I don't have, I haven't been thinking about what I want to do after the Olympics. I, I think it's sort of been. Um, wait and see what happens. Like maybe this does turn out to just be a one year thing. If I get to the games and, you know, just body just doesn't want to go at all or something. But, um, but if, if this does turn out to be a successful year, you know, I could potentially, uh, you know, make another run for even who, who knows, even four years. And if there's an opportunity to join an ISL team, uh, during that, man, like, I, I'd love to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. Did you get to watch some of it on TV?
1: I never, I was never able to catch it on TV because we don't have cable. Um, uh-huh. So I watched all the uh, the highlights um, on the on my phone or on the computer afterwards. And those those skins, uh, those skins looked fun. I think I think if I was younger, I would have been really good at that. I, I don't know if I'd, if I'd be able to to pull off so many fifties uh, so close together now. But yeah, uh, you never know. I, I've been surprising myself along this whole journey already. So who no, knows?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what Nathan Adrian said. He's like, man, I wish I had done this five or six years ago. I would have killed this. It was tough for him yeah. to back up race to race yeah. in, on three yeah. minutes, you know. Yeah. But um, but he, he had some situations where he finished in the top two, so that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was cool watching him do that.
0: Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. Well, listen, thanks for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. And uh, wish you nothing but success over the next few months in your in your lead up to the trials, okay?
1: No, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, love to the wife and family and, um, good luck. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care, my friend. You too, bud. Bye.